a lot of people I think live other people's lives. You know, their parents put pressure on them or yeah. they put pressure on themselves and it's arbitrary. It's yeah. like you don't you don't need all that. you ever have a time in training since you started training regularly that you like lost the mojo where you're like man i am not excited to go to the gym i you know you just start questioning why you do it no i uh, i've never had that that's interesting eh? because i've had that many times <laughs> like i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't fathom and i know you don't miss sessions either no i don't um but you like want to. I like I, have yeah. never wanted to ever. I've gone to the gym. This sounds kind of crazy probably. But I've gone to the gym because I knew that if I didn't go, I would just be 10 times worse. And I was already <laughs> in a place that was so hellish that I was like, I just have to go and do something. Yeah, It's not like I go and put a ton of pressure on myself. But I guess enough pressure that I go when I very well could justify not going. And that's okay. Like I've been at the gym crying being like yeah. i don't feel good at all but i'm like i know but if did i that don't really, go did that really have to do with the gym it had to do already with how you're feeling oh, I had nothing to do with gym okay yeah but you still went yeah i've yeah, never yeah. had but it's you know people when they say you know when they say um i don't know who they are but the people <laughs> they go oh the gym you know just felt like such a chore such a chore that's what i'm talking about yeah, I've never had that ever. Right. I, I love the gym. That. I love the gym. I actually was talking to a client today. Yeah. And this is, this goes along with similar lines where it's like, and we were talking about it recently too, which was funny because she brought it up. When, you know, you've been married for, to a person for a long time and they're like, oh, you still, you still like your wife, eh? Or whatever. <laughs> she said, she said that. Um, and they are they are seen on TV for um, part of the job they do. Okay. Um, race their racing job they do. Okay. And they were holding hands, and they were walking out of the track holding hands. She said she had so many texts on like, "Oh, that's so sweet. You guys still love each other." And da da da. Like, damn, dude. So he, she's like, "Yeah, we do everything together. Like, I love my husband, and he loves me." And they're like, "Shocked." And how, and how he's he's gotten comments too, like, bro, I can't imagine hanging out with my wife anymore. Damn, that's you know, so and it just and she and all she said was like, misery loves company. Yeah, that's and I was like, that's a hundred percent. And the same thing with people complaining about planning their wedding. It's like you're already setting up your relationship to dude, be about complaining. Dude, I have never. I notice that more than ever now. I guess we're at that age where it's like just people. It's been a, several years now of people like getting married. Getting married, yeah. And just hearing so many people plan their wedding, not everybody, but a lot of people I hear talk about their wedding and they're like, man, it was so stressful. And I'm like, I get it. There's probably, it's probably tough to kind of not be stressed out for something like that. But you're like, that's kind of a, 
there's a bit of like a bittersweet or mostly bitter situation if you're like planning the one of the most important, if not the most important day of your life so far, and you have this negative attachment. That's of exactly stress. it. It's because you're you you're pressured by your parents or whatever to put on a big party for every all your guests, but when really it's supposed to be a day about you. Mm-hmm. So what would be better is that you just tell a wedding planner, a third party wedding planner, what you want, and they just plan it. What was your experience with that? Oh, I had a great time. I had no because so no stress. No, because I was on prep. So <laughs> my mom basically planned the whole thing. Oh, okay, gotcha. So she was your third party. She was a third party, but she I did the guest list because that's where she would have gone crazy. You didn't find it uh, stressful though. No. Like you wouldn't look back and be like, "Oh my goodness, I'm just glad it's done." No, I had a, it was a great party. Okay, yeah. So fantastic. many people I talked to, it's like they loved their day. It was super special. But they're like, the yeah, it was just, it. they have to say how stressful it was. And you're like, man, I, yeah. that sounds like a bad attachment to a day that's supposed to be pretty awesome. Exactly. Because they'll always think that, oh, planning it was so stressful, so stressful. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, okay, fine. Um, it's got to be a better way. You know I what know. I mean? It, but it's just like everyone wants then to relate to other people where they're like, yeah, man, it was so str-. And then they relate and then it's like right. that it's gives like, them the dopamine. Almost. It's like the thing you say. Right. It's like that's what you that's what everyone else says. So then, then I say it. Because then if I said like, oh no, mine planning mine was great, no problem. Then they'd be like, Oh yeah, I guess it wasn't that bad. Dude, it's like when you It's just like you remember false things. It's literally this and they don't even necessarily believe it. I don't know. Or yeah. maybe they do. They're, but it's they're the just same, supposed to say it. It's the same vibe as like people when you uh I was talking to someone recently about this, where you ask someone like, Hey, how you doing? And like I don't know. I'm whether I'm in a good mood or not. I'm gonna at least fake it for you. So it's like, hey, how you doing? And they go, just living the dream, dude. And you're like, <laughs> it's like you're you're saying that sarcastically, which is the joke, which means you're not living the dream. Yeah. Which means now I'm just depressed. Yeah. Because you're depressed, <laughs> joking about how much you're not living the dream. That <laughs> dude, that sucks. <laughs> and like, I also. Wish I never asked you how you're doing. Yeah, now. yeah. Because you're like you were expecting a good bro. You like <laughs> at the very least. Yeah. This is why. Okay. So that's super common, right? Yeah. People being like, "Hey, how you doing?" And then them actually telling you, and but it's all negative, you know. And you're just like, "Damn, this is like this is a lot of." Uh, and I get it. People going through stuff or whatever, right? But there's yeah. a time and a place, and it's just weird when people have that like go to. Uh, cliche that's just like living the dream bro huh jo- or the classic this is a classic just another day and you're like oh that's so <laughs> miserable man the thing is the thing is that um i get people need to have a job to make money to yeah. pay for things you can change your job like if you are yeah. absolutely in a job or a career that you hate you totally can get a new skill set and change your job. And I will say as a caveat, <clears throat> there's some people in situations where they're like, you know what? I hate my job, but the context that I'm in, I'm willing to just hate my job yeah. or whether I'm sacrificing this so that I, whatever, I think, gives you for I think, your family I think or whatever. you have to add a lot of context. Like, yes, if they have a young family and they just need it and they're getting by and whatever. But to your point, there's a lot of people that are There's doing, people that are, you know, 23 years old and they're getting depressed at their job. Yeah, just change it. You don't need to do that. Just quit. Do something else. That's what I did. I I hated my job. I quit. Yep. At that age, when you're single and you know what I mean? This is the time to figure out what you actually want to do. But you really can quit anytime. Like I think sunk cost is a real thing for people. Yeah. 
where they, it's like, you don't have to be 23. You could be 33, 43, 53. Yeah, yeah. And you're like this idea of like paying into a, a pension or paying into like, or just whatever. They're just like, well, I've worked up so much in this company. I don't want to throw it away for nothing. And like, you can kind of create this situation. Like that justification to yeah, stay. Yeah, exactly. To stay. And it's like very sedating and like, I, it'll keep you that. comfortable and stuck. I get that. I think the, I get it too. Yeah. I think the, the damage though of like going through that stress every day, but then like, like you said, kind of like numbing yourself out with that thought, with your thoughts or whatever, uh -huh. you still, you still wake up with anxiety. Like you have to talk yourself. Like I remember the job that I didn't like, I'd wake up every day and I'd be like, uh, I need to call in sick. Right, like that's a even, bad space to be I can't, in. I can't even fathom going. And then I would just talk myself down and go into work. And then you're counting down the hours till you're done. Each shift. And it's so slow. Yeah, it's the worst. Right? And like the trip I just went on, right? Yeah. Love my family to death. Yeah. All of them the whole time. That's all they talked about is not wanting to go back because they didn't want to go back to work. Right. Right? Yeah. Or... It was, um, it was Sunday night, the first Sunday we, we were there, and they were all like, ha-ha, like, everyone's got work tomorrow. We're getting PTO. I was like, whoa. Right. <laughs> I was like, I can't relate. No, <laughs> I, I love, love what I do. I love my work. Yeah, Sunday night's <laughs> I awesome. I love what I like, do. I'm going to work tomorrow. This is yeah, great. It's like, I got to talk to my clients the whole time. Everyone yeah. stayed on track. There was no lag in, in their progress. Like, it was I, fantastic. I think people truly think that they can't do anything else. I like know. there's just a limit around like, I well, know. I can't do, it's like you, people train or, you. Or it's overwhelming thought of like, oh, then I'm going to have to go back to school. It's going to cost this much, or I'm going to have to learn this skill and it's going to take this much and time. And there's they lots just, of it's other, too overwhelming. It's very overwhelming. There's lots, it's just a fear. It's a yeah. fear-based mind. It's like, there's so many situations where you don't have to go back to school. There's so many things that employers will train you and and you could just start yeah. here's, at, at square one, really. You can. Here, here's something. So I, I have a client that loves her job, loves it has a huge problem with someone she works with. Okay. Which causes then that same stress. Because they're like, right. I, I get to go into a job I love, but I have to see this person. And mm. it causes stress every day. Yeah, that's a bummer. She literally called me when the person had quit. Oh, yeah, she's fired She's up. like, this is the <laughs> best thing ever. Yeah. Right? So it's like, yeah, that's, that is the same that's also something that you have to be like, you could love your job. And then... Someone's there that just yeah, and someone maybe in a management position or something yeah, that's actually could affect you yeah. Because if it's just a coworker, like just ignore them uh -huh. or whatever. Because even I've thought about that, where it's like, if you run down the logical end of like just realistically what would happen if I was like, oh, if I just quit my job and you know my primary skill set is in coaching people on their fitness, and it's like if I actually just quit and went into a completely different industry, that's kind of crazy, it's kind of scary, mm -hmm. but I'm like. Why is that a death sentence? In your heads, we could easily make that feel like a death sentence, yeah. but it's totally just an opportunity to like learn something new. Yeah. And I doesn't mean I'm necessarily great at it. And I definitely wouldn't be at the start. But like, why couldn't I make that work? Like there's it's, no reason why I can't. It's scary when you're when you're getting older, right? Like remember when I went back to school for a semester? Mm -hmm. So I was like what, 28, 29, and they were all uh 19 to 21. Yeah. And it's just such a different set of priorities, which is why, like, I agree when they're like, when you go to university or college, you're like getting a degree in partying. Right. Because you really don't have the same mindset if you were to go back and learn a new skill, 
when you're older because you're like, oh, no, I'm learning this to provide or like to make money for my family or whatever. Right. It's Mm -hmm. like all they're there for is to meet friends and party. Yeah, I think I really think like unless you're doing a highly specialized um, job that there's no way around it, it'll require uh, academic training. Mm -hmm. Then like I think you probably should just go work. Just get real life experience and and get and That's, just try stuff and see what you learn and what you pick up and what you find fulfillment in. And then from that, down the road, you can be like, turns out I either like that or I don't. And then from there, you can be like, now I can really have more like real life context as to like what I should spend thousands of dollars well, on academically. That, yes. Cause like, so I had my four year, I think it took me four and a half years because of my co op science degree. And I went into my first job as a microbiologist. And it's not like I had to know anything. Like I, they trained me how to do the job. I didn't need any, I could have gone out of high school to do that job if they just trained me. But I had to have that background. But nothing I learned with that background related to the job. Other than I knew what a Petri plate was. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Like. Even the the pipettes we were using were different. Gotcha. And the fume hood was different. Mm-hmm. And the the way they wanted the data collected was different. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's like, oh, since you had the science background, you can like pick it up faster. But then they let people with like an English degree go to med school. Because mm-hmm. they're just going to teach you in med school. You, you don't need the science degree to go to med school. Sure. So it's like very much so like why why then do I need that distinction to do? There's a lot of ego attached to that stuff, I think. You know, if you, know? you need it, then you need it. Go do it. But some of it, I think, is your, you might be, a lot of people, I think, live other people's lives. You know, their parents put pressure on them or yeah. they put pressure on themselves and it's arbitrary. It's yeah. like you don't, you don't. You don't need all that, man. Actually, I was talking with Josie about this today. Mm-hmm. How all the, you know, all our, our generation of parents, and not to say all parents, because I don't believe your parents, and really not my parents, but like boomer parents would be like, you have to go to university, you have to go to college, right. you have to get this. Yeah. But then they come to you this day and age and they're like, well, I learned this on Instagram Reels <laughs> and I learned this on TikTok. Right. And it's the parents coming to you like saying like, well, I saw this person on TikTok tell me this and then like, right. this is what I learned. Yeah. And it's like, no, but you told me to go to university to learn that. You're right. <laughs> so now they're right. coming back and it's it like, it's such a disconnect, mm-hmm. right? Because they just got put so much pressure by their parents because their parents like traveled to a different country and did so much that they're like, oh, I got to, I got to put some type of pressure on my kid to like, yeah, get an education because <clears throat> my parents didn't have the opportunity or whatever, right? Yeah, and I think like decades ago, that would have been like a more like obvious pipeline yeah. to develop and start a career. But like now there's so many, with like the way the internet works now and just the different landscape of commerce, it's like, I think there's so many options for people to make a living that you just, there's so many non-traditional paths that going just choosing the one that's always been there is like probably so far down the list of options for most people realistically that i think people just need to be aware of that people get fomo though what do you mean so i all my clients that are in university right now 
they're always messaging me like how crazy their schedule is and how stressed they are and whatever, whatever. And these people have the ability to like not go to university. Um, because I think they're very talented in other aspects of life. Like my one client, like I think he could be a very successful chef because mm-hmm. that's he does that for like his part-time job to pay for school. And but he like, I think there's a level of FOMO, like, no, 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 I need to get a degree though. Is that FOMO or just pressure? Like, I want to go to university though. I want the experience. Oh, I think it's okay. a FOMO thing. Yeah. But okay. then they're also, they're stressed off their that. rockers because like, yeah, mental health is a bigger deal these days. And stress is a, like, cause you're stressed from your phone. You're stressed from your relationship. You're stressed from your parents. You're stressed from school. You're stressed from making money. Now you have to start paying bills. And it's like, you could like eliminate that degree and that schooling and just get like a really good skill and start working and it would just take off like. Yeah. Well, and ultimately that's what it comes down to. It's like when you think about what actually makes you money, which is the whole goal here. um, Of going to university. Married with, in in an ideal situation, married with something that uh, fulfills you. Mm -hmm. But regardless, it's like you need to, at first you need to actually be making money. It's like yeah. you go to school to, in a perfect world, you're supposed to be uh, acquiring information and uh, acquiring information and acquiring skills. And then maybe there's another layer there where you're acquiring connections. So you're building your network. But you can also do that outside of school, especially with the internet now. Like you can learn skills for free everywhere. Yeah. Or you can pay people to do it that doesn't cost you what school does. And you can streamline it way faster. So free or paid, but still better option, right? And then uh, information and skills, you can do that both through that way. And then skills, not whether it's just information and learning kind of theory, you can also just learn it practically yeah. in real life and if you want to actually, if you can get someone to hire you. Now, a lot of people be like, well, you need school to get hired. It's like in certain situations or in certain oh, fields. Experience. But there's, yeah. and I mean, I understand the paradox of the Catch-22 people talk about where it's like, well, I need experience to get hired and I can't get experience if I don't have a degree, right? That whole thing. And it's like, I need money, but then I need to pay for that's, school to I get I think the that's where the networking would come in. Someone yeah. would hire you if you networked well enough. Well, I think it's this idea too of like looking just to like these traditional institutions to give you that, that gate key. Mm-hmm. When it's like, if you took a little bit more um, initiative and responsibility of just like, the world's very different. You you really can just learn these. You can learn this information and acquire these skill sets probably a lot more on your own. Not necessarily entirely, but you can learn a lot on your own mm-hmm. enough to get other people to pay you money. I think a lot of people just don't believe that or they're just ignorant to it. They just don't know that like they think that like if I want to make this like X amount of money, I'm going to have to go to school to do that. Yeah. It's like they don't know that they can make that amount of money and probably more just from learning information and acquiring skills by themselves for the most part. See, and another issue is that they're throwing you into college or university, ideally at like 17, 18. You don't know what you want to do. I'm sorry. Like some, maybe some. They some do. people do. Some for people sure. do. Yeah. I didn't know I wanted to be a trainer until 2017. I went into university at 2011. Mm-hmm. So that was six years that I got this degree, did some jobs I hated, and then figured out like, oh, I actually love fitness. Right. And I did love fitness in university. 
Mm-hmm. But there was a pressure of like, I can't ju- be just a personal trainer. Like that's, oh, that's, really? a, that's a low job. Right. Oh, a hundred percent. I thought that yeah. I'm, I got my fancy science degree. I'm not going to be a personal trainer. Yeah. What a loser. That's a, that's what I thought. <laughs> that's so funny. I would see them in the university gym and I'd be like, I'd be like, I didn't look up to a personal trainer. Right. And I think it's because the profession kind of gets like crapped on because it's like, oh, you're just like, you're just, someone's just hiring you to like put them through a workout and like whatever. Anyone can do that, bro. Well, and part of it, it's, it's like, not just that. I think part of it is the fact that it is like such low barrier. Oh, uh, yeah. That like anyone yeah. can do it. It's kind of yeah. like we have a very similar personal trainers are on par, like I think culturally with financial advisors mm-hmm. and real estate agents. It's, um, I think to actually start doing that at a, you know, entry level, the barrier to entry is relatively low for three of those, three of those jobs. Yeah. Um, depending on, I guess, which route you go. But like, if you wanted to, if you wanted to do either, either one of those three jobs, you can do it relatively easy compared to a lot of other options. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think that's probably why it gets that idea. Cause okay, it's that's like, fair. That's the, fair. and what the problem with that, when it is, which I understand, like the economics of that is like people, if there's low barrier to entry, you're going to attract a lot of lazy people and people that do the bare minimum to try and make money in that industry. That's where though, I believe those people after X amount of years, they just weed themselves out. They do. But the thing about that is then the new ones come. So Fair. they're always there, Fair. right? So if you Fair. have 100% of the pool, 85, 90% of the pie is always going to be churning in and out of like new and old, but they're all going to be the same type. You're they're right. all going to be low level, You're right. like low IQ, low skill set, um, you know. I guess then you just, uh, yeah, it gets to a level where they all just drop off by then, but like that level keeps getting refilled. That's what I mean. It never actually goes yeah, down because okay. like it just keeps coming in because right? of the low end. I guess because because like so in my program at university, mm-hmm. we started with it was still a relatively new program. I remember. And, you know, they tell you like within your orientation week, they're like, you know, majority of you are going to change your major like four or five times and that's OK. Right. And they're just telling. And I was like, I, I remembered. First of all, I don't like starting something and not finishing it. So I had to stay in that major. Second thing, I was like, I had no idea how to change it. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, I literally was like too scared to go to my um, academic advisor or whatever and be like, how do I change my major? (laughs) Like, I just didn't want to do it. Because then I would have to have maybe taken other classes and taken more time and whatever, whatever. And I was like, I'm just not going to do that. That's funny. (laughs) So then... And it was funny because my academic advisor was actually a, my, one of my elementary school friends' mom. Okay. So she knew me from like when I was this big, right? Mm-hmm. So it would have been so easy to talk to her because mm-hmm. I knew her and I still was too scared. I was like, no, I'm not going to change this. And in the end, I ended up actually kind of liking it. Right. So I was like, so we started with maybe, this is like TLDR. We started with like maybe 80 people. And only 11 of us graduated in that program. Oh, yeah. Because it was getting hard. It was getting... So high churn on that. Like, there's a lot... Like, that's common for that program? Well, I don't, it was it was so new. It was only, like, year three or four of them um, offering it. Oh, okay. They used to offer it as two separate. 
Okay. So it was uh, biological and pharmaceutical chemistry. Mm -hmm. They offered biological science and pharmaceutical chemistry. And then they just amalgamated the two. Did together. that make it way harder then? Is that why? <sighs> no, because I think each, it, it gave it a, a more uh, outlook on how the pharmaceuticals interacted with the body. Because before it was just like, what's the chemistry of these compounds? Versus how do compounds move through the body? Gotcha. And then it kind of just, they kind of were meant to be together anyways, I yep. think. Yeah. Um, but we had some cool courses. Like I, some I do remember and I'm like, I actually like enjoyed that. Like I liked all the hands-on lab stuff. So like any titration, like the minute it goes like just a bit pink, you're like, that's it. And you have to like do all the calculations <laughs> and stuff. Looking like. Uh... You like, you're there, you're there and you're just. You're just opening it just so little, one little minuscule drop goes in and then the color change. You're like, that's it. I you <laughs> looking like screaming uh, in the lab. We were such nerds. I picture you looking like, um, <laughs> what's that guy's name from Breaking Bad? Um, Walter White. Brian Cranston. Yeah. Whatever the character. Yeah. Walter White, the character's <laughs> name. <laughs> <laughs> we're just there. Anyways, I love titrations. Nice. Um, but that's such a nerd thing to say. But I think we yeah, can, end, kind of we can end on that. Yeah, let's wrap it. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. Um, please comment below ideas, topics, things you want to hear us speak about. We have lots of plans. And comment, um, like, like uh, about your experience with, like, university, if you would go back. Yeah, or if um, you disagree. Cause yeah, just challenge us a bit. Because um, I'm going to argue in the comments. <laughs> I will. I will <laughs> you, if you disagree. You will. Not bait lying. me, and I will dive on it. Get into internet comment. Fished. Fishing. PH. That's how I like to spend my time. Right? Isn't that a computer word? Fishing. PH fishing. Bad fishing. Indoor fishing. Anyways. Anyways, thanks a lot for listening to, the sh listening to the show. You can subscribe on YouTube or wherever you're listening to this. And uh, you can catch us at Stay Peaked anywhere on social media. You can catch myself at Tim underscore MSHC on all social media platforms. You can catch Sam at Slays Fit on all social media platforms. Thanks again for listening to the show. We'll catch you later. Peace.